Welcome to In the Clubhouse, a podcast dedicated to all things Washington Nationals and baseball from a fan's perspective. I'm your host, Richard, and for this episode, I'm joined by Pat from HailToTheDistrict.com. We're going to be talking about all things Washington Nationals, so let's dive right into it. Pat, nice to speak with you today. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, uh, uh, it is cold and rainy in Seattle, as you probably uh, can assume. Um, so I'm excited to talk about baseball because it'll make me think of uh, sitting outside in the sun and uh, enjoying a hot dog, watching watching the uh, fighting mats. So thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Thanks. Okay, let's just dive right into it today with the news of the week, obviously with the Nationals, Howie Kendrick retiring. Um, so were you surprised to see um, him kind of retire as many um, as many people have uh, reacted to the news? Um, I was not surprised. I know uh, I know the Washington Post uh, last week had referenced he had interest in playing again this year. But even if you go back to um, if you go back to his Achilles injury uh, and then having to work his ass off to come all the way back, uh, I kind of viewed that year um, as his like final chapter. Um, you know, if you if you if you go back and listen to uh, when he wins the NLCS MVP award, he, he says things like, this is the hat, be, you know, best season I've had. It's the culmination of my whole career. Um, you know, all these things that kind of say, like, I worked my ass off to get here. I'm here, you know, and this I'm most fun I'm having. And then reports surfaced after that, that he may retire. Um, and ultimately he came back for his last year, which was, you know, we can get into the COVID year if you want, but like kind of a wash of the season. Yeah. And I just think he was done. Um, I think that, I don't know if this has been talked about. I could be pulling this out of my ass, but uh, I think Eaton not coming back is a part of this. Hmm. Um, you know, they're clearly very close, uh, but I wasn't generally surprised. Uh, guys had, a, I mean, he's 1700 hits. He's been around the league. Um, you know, he's home and out in LA. The Nats are changing, uh, and he got his ring, and he uh, is responsible for the sixth most important hit in World Series history. Um, so I wasn't terribly surprised. I don't, you know, love to get your thoughts on it, but personally, I, I was very sad because I love Howie, but I, I wasn't, wasn't really surprised to answer the question directly. Um, I kind of agree with you now looking back on it. I mean, like a lot of the comments that he um, said uh, during, uh, you know, obviously the 2019 run. Um, I think that, you know, definitely 2020, if it turned out to be different, he would have, you know, definitely, it would have been more of a foregone conclusion um, that he would retire after the season. I just felt that like he needed to, or maybe not he, us fans needed to kind of like send him off a little bit better than what, you know, obviously 2020 not being able to go into the stadium and kind of like giving him like his well due uh, uh, deserve of being a great player for the dance and really becoming part of the fabric and part of the, you know, nationals um, lore, if you want to say um, really quickly. So I kind of feel like at the end of 2020, I was kind of like 50, 50 with him saying that like maybe he wanted to have to give, you know, that kind of like final tour with the fans. Um, so I was a little bit surprised, but not over overly surprised. Yeah. I mean, 
the reality is that, that whole team got shafted um, because of the COVID year, right? Like mm-hmm. first World Series in, in D.C. since I think 20, 1924. Um, and obviously the Nats' first World Series, obviously coming off just an incredible um, – I mean, just being behind in five elimination games and like just – the whole thing is just incredible. Um, it's a once in a lifetime team. And, you know, they didn't get, in my opinion, the respect uh, that they should have deserved or should have gotten. I mean, obviously it has nothing to do with what MOB thought. It all has everything to do with COVID, but uh, it sucked. I am glad we're getting rid of those damn jerseys though with the gold trim. I, I hated them. I hated them. I would say that I try to get a gold jersey myself um, with my name on the back because I love gold and I love uh, – As a fan, though, it's cool. Yeah. Like, you have it. It's an honor to have. You don't need to wear it for 30 home games. <laughs> true, true. You know, it's funny. Somebody once said uh, to me that the first time – your first time is the best time. So I kind of I kind of chuckle every time I hear that because it's really it really is about that, right? Like that first – World Series as a franchise, everybody goes all out, buys gear. I know I'm definitely um, a sucker for it. I know my wife was like, you're buying another Nationals like World Series thing? And I'm like, yeah, this is like amazing. It was just like an amazing, you know, experience. Oh yeah, you are? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I bought it anyway, so whatever. Don't World, tell- World Series don't grow on trees. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, well, but, but like, that, I mean, we hadn't even won a postseason series. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, how he's hitting grand slams. All of a sudden, we're boat racing the the Cardinals, uh, which shout out to my old boss. Thank you for flying me east so I could go to the game. Um, and then we're uh, going toe-to-toe with, before the cheating scandal, like the best team in baseball for the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah. I wasn't surprised how he's how he uh, retired. Um, I think everything kind of led to. I think you're, I think you have a good point about uh, just like we're looking at another kind of weird season, um, and it bums me out. But that dude will never buy a drink in DC again. Uh, and if I see him, I will hug him and maybe get a restraining order. But like, I'll still hug him. Um, thank you so much, Howie. <laughs> think that the nationals like do a kind of re- 2019 reunion of the team with you know players and invite people back that is that you know might have signed other places i think it eventually happened mm-hmm. um you know there the way things are trending there's only going to be like 10 of those players left mm-hmm. uh, um, now that now that Eaton is for sure gone, and you know Cowie's retired, and there's no chance Suzuki comes back, um, you know who knows what happens with with Zim. Um, I'm trying to think who else I'm missing on that team, but uh, you know Rendon's gone, so you know I think there's a reunion at some point. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the uh, semi reunion Zimmerman had on Facebook where they all got really hammered on Zoom together yeah. and rewatched the game. That was must see content. Uh, I think it'll happen, but it's going to be a while. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and by while, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's still 10 years away. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Because you have Soto, who's what? Soto's a 22. 
mm-hmm. plus Turner. So I think it's, I think it's a ways off. Well, I thought it would be a little bit earlier than that, but um, <laughs> good to, good to talk. You, you might be right. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, spitballing. Yeah. So t- kind of like talking about the transition to uh, 2021, because I, I don't really necessarily personally count 2020 as a season. I know that other people do and, you know, don't tell LA Dodger fans that I said that. Um, but, you know, do you think the Nats are at a crossroads um, as a team? Um, and how do you think they should go and approach uh, the rest of the offseason, being that we're about less than 100 days away from uh, 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 spring training? Yeah, it's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, not one to put on Twitter. Um, I think they are at a crossroads. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I Once the season ended, I, I kind of stepped away. And in general, I've kind of thrown myself into to the Redskins world or football team world. I think it's a fair question because when you think about it, uh, you have an aging Scherzer, uh, which if you, if you're listening to this, go um, go read Rich's article recently about you know whether we should keep him or trade him. Um, we don't really have a bat outside of Soto, and we there's no extension talks yet that I know of with Turner. So, all this to say is like I think they're at a crossroads because I don't really know. I don't even think Rizzo knows what to do yet. Uh, I think the learners are buttoned up the money and payroll a little bit here. Uh, so the window, you know, the perpetual window everyone talks about in sports, uh, I think it's open, but I I don't think we're throwing it wide open. I think it's more closing than, than anything. Um, I think the low-key scariest part of the whole team is, is actually Corbin. Um, you know, his fastball velocity really dipped last year. And it's – I've been on a steady decline now for three or four years, even before he got to the nationals. So you could have an aging Corbin um, on the books for a long time, you know, Strasburg fingers crossed, he'll come back healthy. But my point is you have a lot of money tied up in spots that may not perform to what you want them to money wise. And what that does is it handicaps the rest of the uh, team. Cause I don't think the learners are going to show out or shell out money to, to other players. Like we need a bat badly. Um, we need to extend Turner. Like, I think you wrote an article about the um, top priority being Turner's extension. I've, I did a whole podcast on thinking that Turner should be the number one extension. Uh, you got Soto coming up in you know a few years. You got to figure out to do with Robles. I mean, whether you want to count 2020 or not, he was bad. Um, so it's an interesting, interesting time to be uh, a Nats fan. Cause you know, obviously we're going to try to win and, and that's always the goal, but I do think the window is starting to shut a little. Unless they can figure out what to do with some of this payroll stuff. Um, be curious your thoughts. It, it scares me to say that because we've been in contention for you know a decade. But last year's team, the way this offseason is shaping up, the way baseball in general is going, I could see a world where um, we have a couple really down years. Um, hope not, you know. Hopefully learners say I'm the richest owner in baseball. Here's my, here's my checkbook. Uh, but that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. You know, it's a very, it's an interesting question and something to think about. I, I personally don't believe in this like windows opening or closing type of 
uh, perspective of baseball or any type of sport team. I think that you're always good with the, you know, you're only, you're only as good as the team that you put on the field and the product that you put on the field or the court or on the ice. Um, you know, I think if you look at, let's just say, I know this is a little bit unfair comparison, like the Dodgers, right? They're playing, play, they're, they're, contend, they're um, contending every single year. You know, they don't have, they, they have a big payroll. Um, they have veterans, they have young, young talent, you know, in the pipeline and, you know, whether or not they make the trades or not, you know, they're always in contention. So I don't know if I necessarily think of like teams in the whole like uh, window opening or closing, um, but I think you're right. I think the Nats, you know, I think the Nats are at a crossroads. Um, I think that this DC area has grown to, um, expect at least a playoff berth every year now since, you know, definitely 2020, 2012. Um, anything short of that is uh, an object failure. Um, so, you know, I think, um, I think that, you know, if you make the right moves, um, you'll be able to just be a continual playoff team. Um, do you think that the, you know, Mike Rizzo was, and the learners were, little bit nearsighted to focus all their money on uh pitching and not kind of like figure out how to spread that a little bit more evenly yeah um i will say the caveat to the window opening and closing is it's key boom if key boom had hit i think this is a different conversation hmm. uh, but i think key boom is ending up being a massive miss hmm. uh, uh which we can talk about a different time as for pitching no i think baseball's one on arms uh it's an arms race in my opinion uh i think baseball's been that way for forever uh, i and if you go back to looking at when rizzo was even with the diamondbacks you know he put together the, the shilling and, and randy johnson uh rotation he will always 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 choose pitching over anything mm-hmm. um i i jumped on tables when uh you know people were saying resign rendon and said you know i don't care if you want rendon or strasburg it doesn't matter. Rizzo is going to make an effort to keep Strasburg. Um, I do think there is something to uh, having too much money tied up. I, I, I do think it's fair to criticize Rizzo in the fact that like our entire payroll is tied up in three players. Hmm. Um, but having said that, the Nats are built on pitching. Uh, it's, it's Rizzo's record. I mean, his whole entire baseball career is, is pitching, pitching, pitching. Um, just look at the way he drafts. <laughs> Uh, we have like 15 right-handed pitchers out of our 15 top prospects <laughs> um, or whatever it is. Um, so I, I think near side is probably actually a, a pretty uh, interesting term to use okay. uh, because, because right now I think you're probably right. It is a little nearsighted. Um, and, you know, whether you agree with window or not, I think Rizzo saw an opportunity to add Corbin to a team and say, you know, we have a couple years here. If we have these three guys rolling, like we'll be hard to beat. And mm-hmm. Sure enough. Sure enough. Look what happened. Yeah. Uh, but that's where the near side of piece comes in. Now we're kind of, you know, they're screwed. Uh, Scherzer looks to be aging. Uh, Strasburg t- pitched what? Six innings last year. Uh, and Corbin wasn't great. So mm-hmm. you have to, you have to hope that, Basically, they all kind of had down years slash since it's an odd year that they, they come back, but they're all in their mid-30s. We're not. I don't think Corbin's in his mid-30s. He's in early 30s. Uh, but they're all older. And guess what? We have a 
generational player that we're going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're going to have the money to pay him, uh, which like, I think when you look at nearsighted, you also can't predict that Soda's going to be as good as he is, to be fair. Um, but I do think it was a little nearsighted, but I, I also, it fits Rizzo's track record to a T, so I'm not surprised by it, if that makes sense. And yeah, whatchamacallit, and then, you know, I'm definitely not criticizing Mike Rizzo. I don't want to have his job ever. I want to be a fan and enjoy baseball and write about it. Honestly, it's, it's so complicated, and, you know, it's a lot easier to sit here you know, and criticize moves. I'm a huge Rizzo fan, by the way. Least, by, by the way, huge Rizzo fan. Rizzo fan. Hashtag and Rizzo we trust. You know, I was really excited to see 100%. that. I'm, I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said 100% in agreement. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was like, really excited to see that the learners, you know, kind of, uh, you know, didn't, you know, mess around with Davey and with Rizzo this year and kind of like took care of business on that. Um, kind of like a little bit switching gears and talking about um, the off season, but like, you know, welcome, we're, we're in silly season. I'll be kind of honest. Like, you know, I, I was scrolling the internet, the, you know, the Twitter <laughs> and, you know, there was like 50 rumors. I think I counted uh, within the last like five days of like players that Nats are going after trading. Somebody just reported that uh key boom is definitely on, on the trading blog. Yeah. Yeah, didn't, you know, they don't think that it is. He's on the trading block. Like, how do Nats fans, like, kind of deal with this kind of craziness? Well, hopefully Nats fans are pros at it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, yeah. You know, we had to deal with so much. We had to deal with so much with Bryce and then Rendon and Strasburg. Uh, You know, hopefully, hopefully people are, like, you know, really understand what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Baseball's – Baseball's got a problem with their free agency. Um, it's very drawn out, right? Just look at like go back to the Harper and Machado sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could talk about this in another pod, but I think baseball's got some big problems with the way they do business. Um, but because because as a result, as fans, we constantly hear chatter of oh, uh, what was the rumor I saw the other day where I was like. Mm, this could be something, but at the same time, I was like, it's probably nothing. It's, oh, it's about uh, JTL Remuto, which I know you really want us to sign, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I'm coming down uh, off of that, uh, that, that, uh, that high horse of mine of him wanting. I mean, he's a great bat. Yeah. Players love him. Uh, seems, and he's actually pretty good defensively. Uh, but the report surfaced that Rizzo had spoken to his agent uh, or his, like, whoever represents him. And I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, we're almost hungry for any sort of rumor right now, to your point, silly season. Uh, but then you also realize that, like, his representation represents Zerman and represents, like, four other Nats. So they're probably actually just talking. I mean, it might be Boris. I'm not sure who, who his representation is. Um, I hope it's not Boris. Uh, but, like, that's what's going to happen. Nothing, there's going to be no movement until, what, February? Like, that's the way baseball is going right now. Uh, and you got some big names out there. Springer's been linked to us. Uh, Romito's been linked to us. Uh, I think, you know, Bauer tweeted out that he was in D.C. one time. Um, I would highly advise any Nats fan to, before you retweet any rumor, to think about exactly what it is, which is probably just a rumor. Mm. Um, we don't know anything, right? Like, 
think about Scherzer. Scherzer's a good example of this. Scherzer signed in the middle of the night and no one knew. And all of a sudden he had the biggest contract ever and people are like, this is the worst contract ever, which turned out to be the best contract ever. Uh, my point is like all, there's so much, and without winter meetings, winter meetings were all virtual. There's no wheeling and dealing really going on there. Uh, so my suggestion slash <laughs> advice to any Nats fan is one, make sure there's a blue check mark behind anything. Two, it's probably rumor. And three, always remember that um, I'll have to look up the guy's name, but a lot of these guys just push what Boris want you to push. Mm. So be careful what you read. Very because it's gonna it's gonna take a while, in my opinion. Good good advice. I definitely think <laughs> I know I, I'm guilty of uh, retweeting a bunch of things out. I gotta be a little bit more diligent um, <laughs> about retweeting stuff. Um, you know, just um, my next question is like. Aren't you glad as a Nats fan that we're talking about this opposed to, you know, talking about like a fire sale or dysfunction in the front office, like Philadelphia um, and what's going on up, up I-95, you know, I just feel like as a Nats fan, it's just like, it's refreshing um, to, to talk about this year after year. Like I want to kind of like hear your thoughts on, you know, moving the franchise forward and like, you know, keeping this, um, keeping the franchise on this like stable uh, track. Yeah. By the way, the guy I'm thinking of is John Hyman. Okay. John Hyman is just Boris's mouth on Twitter. Uh, just a heads up. Uh, I mean, I, I love it. You know, it, it would, I mean, think about being like a Phillies fan right now to your point, just dealing with crap every year, being a Mets fan although the Mets probably have a little bit more hope right now because of new ownership. Um, you know, if, if you're a Royals fan, like you have no hope. Um, I think it was Zimmerman. So for those who don't know, uh, you know, I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, Zim's from Virginia beach. Um, you know, he's kind of a hometown hero to me. Uh, I think it was last year. He said like one of the, best parts about playing here is we're going to build a team that contends every year. Uh, the competitive balance in baseball is not what it used to be, right? A lot of teams, a lot of teams just play for draft position. Um, very few teams are like the Rays where they're very analytically driven in the sense that they're trying to win. A lot of teams just try to lose to stockpile um, prospects and then hope, hope, you know, you hit with those prospects, you get a little window where you're good and then you just, the cycle, you get, you know, restarts. Mm-hmm. I've thought of the A's and Rays. They're the only teams that like constantly figure this out. Uh, and I think that's why the Dodgers are so good. The Dodgers operate, at least this is all my opinion, uh, in a small market mindset with a big budget. So they're, I mean, the AAA team for the Dodgers can beat half the major leagues. Uh, they're so, they're so good every year. Um, but my point is, is like as a Nats fan, it's, it's, refreshing to know that like I know and you know Rizzo is going to do everything he can to put a winning roster together right I think the Adam Eaton trade is a great example of this Nats fans went nuts when Giolito threw his no hitter like nuts oh screw this trade we gave up you know an ace to get Eaton all of a sudden Eaton got like the amount of hate Eaton got was outrageous at least in my opinion I thought it was all unfounded he didn't play great this year, but like he also was critical to a World Series. 
he's a central piece of that roster. And my point is, is Rizzo's always going to try to put together pieces that are going to help us win, right? And to your point, it's like Rizzo has now been in charge for over a decade. It's there's no drama. It's the same thing every year. We're trying to win the, you know, I did just say the learners may shut their, uh, uh, what do you call it? Wallets, but like they still pay money to get players to come play here. Players want to come play here. Just look at what Howie, Howie was here for four years. If you count his Achilles year and you would have thought he played nowhere else. Cause he just preaches how great of an organization the Nats are. Um, that is, and when you're a Redskins fan, good Lord, it's refreshing. Um, so my point is, is like, I think you're spot on. Like people, it's a destination. People want to come play here. Uh, Rizzo will, within the, you know, constraints that the learners put on him, will try to put together a winning team. And there's no drama at all. It's win or get lost. Yeah. I, uh, and I love it. Yeah, I actually, you know, obviously following uh, the football team here in D.C. a little bit closer. Oh, the football team, excuse me. That's it's 32 a, years. It's stuck in my head. <laughs> no worries. I still call them the Redskins. Um, anyway, so, like, you know, just, like, following, it's a really nice, refreshing, you know, perspective. Why do you think that, like, um, from a fan's perspective, perspective like, everybody's, like, really, like, why did you think this city really kind of, like, adopted – like the, the nationals and like really quickly, like, I think, you know, obviously we had the bad years, you know, the 20, you know, the 2005 to like, you know, I would probably say 2005 was a good year. Okay. Um, you know, 500. okay. <laughs> okay. So the year right after, um, to 2012, like, why do you think that like, you know, baseball really works well in, uh, in DC? Um, this is a good tee up for the piece you just heard about the Homestead Grays. Mm-hmm. Um, DC. So long before you created NASA report, uh, <laughs> that was only like two years ago, three years ago, uh, Michael Wilbon on national TV on PTI said DC was a minor league sports town. Mm-hmm. And it infuriated me because this dude wrote for the post for 30 plus years, covered all of our teams. He saw the Redskins win Super Bowls. He saw – he's probably right after the Bullets won in like 76 um, or 78, whenever they won, when they beat the Sonics. Um, then you have, you know, you have the hockey team. You have the OV era where – you can tell I'm long-winded by the way I talk. Uh, you have the OV era where the, where the Caps all of a sudden just became this juggernaut. Uh, and then you have the baseball history which is going all the way back to, you know, the senators. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is one of the few people you'll ever meet that was born and raised in Washington, D.C., in the city, right? He's a huge senators fan. I mean, I'm wearing a senator's hat. I know no one can see me right now, but I am. Um, and the reason I bring all that up is D.C. is a fantastic sports town, and they were yearning for baseball. Um, the last team, I think, played there in 1969 before they became the Twins or the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I think the Rangers. Forget which one. The Rangers? Yeah. Um, all those Senators teams sucked. <laughs> uh, the only good team they ever really had was with Walter Johnson. In the, uh, they won the 24 World Series. I think they lost the 25 World Series. My point is, and you had the Homestead Grays, who were just, for a decade, the, arguably the best Negro League team, them and the Kansas City Monarchs. You had cool Papa Bell on that team. Josh Gibson was on those teams. 
Um, and if you haven't read um, Rich's article on that, go do it. It's very good. Uh, you'll learn something. Uh, but all this is to say is like, I think baseball was, was a missing central piece to DC. And when it came back, people were obviously very excited about it. Even during the lean years, I think people were generally excited, um, especially because that stadium was built. Um, you know, you should do an article on best stadiums in baseball. Don't, not a huge fan of Nats Park. Uh, had season tickets for a long time. Uh, but it revitalized that area. And then obviously those losing seasons led us to Strasburg. And his, his debut was electrifying, right? I mean, what a cool game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zerman opening the park with a walk-off home run. Uh, you just have these moments that create, you know, a sense of ownership for the team, for the fans of that team. Uh, Zerman hitting a walk-off to beat the Yankees on July 4th. Like these things are, these things are what build, that, that losing builds a fan base. Um, and then you have Worth's home run in 2012, right? Which I think is like the first moment where fans can say, okay, we can get on this team's bandwagon. And the heart, the, you know, the heartache that followed the 2012, uh, you know, the storm game mm-hmm. fans, you know, don't want to talk about it, but it happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I was at the 18 inning game when they lost to the uh, Giants what, in 2014. Uh, stayed all 18 innings. It was cold. It was brutal. It sucked. Um, the catcher interference from Weeders, the, mm-hmm. you know, the <laughs> having Wil- Wilmer Defoe at the plate versus Kershaw in the ninth inning at game five. <laughs> uh, you know, those, those heartaches create fans, That's I think. Funny. Uh, and so when we do have that season of winning the world series, it becomes all that more special. Mm. It created the fan base in my opinion. Um, it also helps. I know a lot of people don't like Zerman anymore cause he's just not as good as he once was, but like people need to realize how good he was when they were bad. He was an MVP style player. Like his 2008 season, if we were good, he probably wins the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, so all this to say is you got hometown Hometown kids coming up, drafted by them, brought all the way through. You have this history of, of D.C. baseball that was dormant, that was like a sleeping giant. Um, you have heartache, which no fan base can be without. Uh, just look at Boston um, or Chicago uh, or even Kansas City when they won five years ago, however long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helps to have really very likable stars. And Turner's likable, Rendon is likable, Strasburg's likable, even though he's a mute. Um, Scherzer's a freaking lunatic. Uh, you know, Zimmerman's a stoic guy. Soto is the most fun player in the league, in my opinion. I mean, Tatis is probably there with him, but, you know, we'll stay with the homerism. Uh, you know, Robles is, is, is a fun player. I think it all comes into this, like, world where we just have a really fun, exciting team and it i think dc holds on to it near and dear man you're giving me goosebumps like i'm really i'm like getting psyched <laughs> i want to go back to the stadium so bad but being at not at uh, nats park this past year was it was it was horrible actually i went on saturday to pick up some things some gifts uh and i was like oh i just like the the breath of like you know just like getting that to see that little taste was like, just like a tease kind of like going into like, you probably hit a lot of the moments. Like what is your favorite Washington national moment so far? I'm going to, I'm going to take away 2019. Don't like 
focus on the World Series. Yeah, don't focus on the World Series. Everybody will say, but what was your favorite moment? My favorite moment in Nats history? Oh, Lord. Oh, oh, that's a hard question. (laughs) Um, You want me to go first and then maybe you... um, Yeah, you go. I've done so much talking. uh, You can tell I get very passionate about this. So you go and I'll think. Okay, so I know this is very cliche, but um, my favorite moment has to be um, the Jason Worth walk-off home run in, 2020, uh, in 2012. 2012. Yeah, I was there with a friend. Um, I, that was actually, um, believe it or not, the first playoff game that I ever went to, like as like a kid or like an adult, I was like so excited. I remember- um, Hell of a first game, Jesus. I'm sorry, what? So it's a hell of a first game. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But first playoff game um, and, you know, growing up in New York and, you know, so I kind of did have that, uh, that baseball experience, but not playoff experience. Um, so um, I remember leaving my, my office early. My boss yelled at me for leaving early, but I was like, I got to go to this game. It's so funny. The receptionist at the time that my, the place that I worked at, he was like, you know, a true and true Washingtonian lived in DC all his life, you know, grew up watching, you know, the senators, everything. Like he was just like hardcore Washington baseball team uh, fan in general. So I left, I was so pumped. And um, I don't know, like, just like the feeling like, and I think that was also like the first game, the first playoff game, right. In 2012 that they were that first series, the first series. Yeah. And it was just like, Cardinals. yeah, it was just magical. I'll be kind of honest. And um, I remember, you know, getting cold, uh, whatever, watching that at bat. I'm being like, oh my God, can we just like, to be honest with you, I just wanted to go home at that point. Like I knew that, you know, like I had like a bad feeling about it. And I, you know, I remember watching this pitching battle and then all of a sudden he hit Jason Worth hits that home run. And I will never forget, I was, so I was sitting up in like this, like 400s in like right field and I was going down the stairs and people were like screaming, like, let's go Nats. And they were, and that was the year of RG3. People were screaming like RG3. Oh, I mean, like it, it was just crazy. And I remember this one moment I was like turning the corner, heading out center field gate. And like, you know how they have like the advanced ticket sales, window inside the park for like the next game there was a line and like the the windows weren't open like there was nobody acting there was a line from there to i think like the budweiser like porch or like that area was all everybody was just like really excited about baseball like really pumped i remember taking the metro and being like super crammed and super annoyed but like it, everybody was like so excited. And I, I just feel like that moment for me just like crystallized like me being in like DC, me being a Washington Nationals fan, like all that was just like right there. Like that, all those moments kind of like everything. That's what I envisioned like being part of like a playoff team. So that's kind of my favorite moment so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a hell of a game to go to. Yeah, um, World Series moment, by the way. So, you know, the World Series, we can have like a whole other podcast about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, boy, I don't know. I've been, I, I had season tickets for about eight years, and I went to so many games, they all kind of run together. Mm-hmm. 
my favorite moment is very mundane moment. Probably it's like, couldn't tell you the, couldn't tell you the date, couldn't tell you the box score, couldn't tell you whether we won or lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, so when I had season tickets, my dad was in town for a meeting and uh, we met at the game that night and I, don't, I couldn't even tell you who the Nats were playing. Uh, but we went to the game together and, you know, my, my tickets were down by um, the left field foul pole. Okay. My tickets were. And um, uh, so Zimmerman being from Virginia beach is like a big deal. Like my dad for Christmas gave me a sign Zimmerman baseball one year. Um, you know, he, he, he's a Virginia kid. He drafted by the Nats as a UVA kid. So, and my dad was just such a big Senators fan that he fell in love with the Nats. And then Zimmerman being there made it even better because it was like, oh, now he can follow hometown kid. But he also is following his like childhood favorite team. Uh, and Zimmerman hit a home run in the one game I think I went to with my dad. So that was just like really cool because he was pumped. I was pumped, you know, high five strangers around us who become part of your family almost. Um, so probably being in that game, seeing Zimmerman hit a home run with my dad is, is number one. Uh, and I mean, 2019 NLCS game three because my boss flew me back east so I could go. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was awesome. Uh, I never, you know, for even having tickets, I, I wasn't there for either one of uh, Strasburg's uh, or his no hitter against the Pirates, I think it was. Um, wasn't there for that or the one against the Mets. Although he may have done that one on the road. I don't remember. Um, I've seen more heartbreak in that stadium than I've had <laughs> favorite moments, I suppose. Um, oh, I know what it is. It, it's booing Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> I went to that uh, first game back. I went to that first game back. You know, I was like, I'm going to that game no matter what. And DC got a lot of crap for that, I think. Um, but like, it made me feel like we were a baseball town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was like, dude, I don't, I don't care if he left for more money to our, for any. He went to our rival. Yeah. I was like, we better boo this guy. And apparently, everyone else agreed with me because they went nuts. Um, so that, I also thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's one of the few videos saved in my phone. Nice. I actually, I also my sec, my runner up moment had to be uh, the Max Scherzer 20, uh, 20 strikeout game. I was at oh, the Tigers. Um, that yeah. game was sweet. That was just amazing. I wish I, like, I keep score. Um, I guess I'm old school. I have my big book. I bring pencils, whatever. Um, you Clinton Yates. Yeah. And, um, man, I stopped I stopped uh, t- uh, keeping score, like, halfway through the game to just, like, enjoy it. And I wish I still had that. Like, you remember, I'm sure you remember, like, the Nats used to give you, like, a score card in that uh, little book. Yeah. Um, man, I should have kept that because I think I tossed it somewhere. That would have been like history. Maybe somebody would have donated it to the. That was one of the. That was one of the games that MLB Network. Yeah, well, you should have. Yeah. Um, that game was on MLB TV or MLB Network like five times during during the break between spring training and the season. They just kept playing it. Yeah, it was a classic. It was awesome. It had so many great storylines. Jordan Zimmerman back was just. It was just great. Um, kind of like, let's talk a little bit about Zimmerman. Cause I think that's where we kind of like started to talk. Um, oh boy. yeah. So, so I wrote a piece, um, you know, to be honest with you, like 
I wasn't a huge Zimmerman fan. Like, I mean, I liked him. He was a, like a good guy, you know, whatever. Um, but I think the 2019 playoffs really kind of like crystallized it for me that like he, you know, he is the team and the team is him. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see like him hitting the first like World Series home run in Nationals history, right? Oh, he smoked that ball. Yeah, I mean, it was just intense. But like, I don't know, like, it, I, I guess it took me a long time to like come around with the, you know, with the on the Ryan Zimmerman train. Um, so like, what kind of like drew you really to, um, you know, really like him and like really adopt him as like one of your favorite players? Yeah. Um, so he's easily my favorite player by a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love him, David Wright, the Upton brothers, um, Verlander in a little bit because he pitched there to you. All these guys are Norfolk, Virginia beach kids, uh, you know, and who I grew up either playing with or against, or, you know, knew them in some capacity. Uh, Wright's a little older, Kadire's a little older, but all these guys just for some odd reason, all came from Norfolk and Virginia beach at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made baseball, made baseball in our area, just like electric. Everyone was reading the paper every day. How'd they do? Right. Um, and Zimmerman was obviously drafted by the Nats in the first pick. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first to admit, I was not a Nationals fan immediately. Um, you know, growing up in Norfolk, I was never going to root for Baltimore. No chance. Hell. Uh, so I had no team. So I liked the A's because of McGuire. Uh, I like McGuire for the record. Um, you know, I liked the Red Sox for a long time because I just liked their, the lore of them not winning and I wanted to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. when Zimmerman was drafted I was like I'm going to root for this team because Zimmerman's on that team um, and he's a UVA kid I know I'm a big UVA fan so a lot of things just added up for this he's only he's 35 so he's three years older than I am um, and then piece by piece he just became this like stud right so like he was called up immediately he was second overall pick behind Alex Gordon no he's the fourth overall pick excuse me um, behind Gordon and who's number one pick that year? His class is stacked, mm-hmm. um, but he gets called. He gets called up immediately. He's in the pros by September. He's the starting third baseman, um, you know, right away the the following year, and he basically carries the team. You know, he was the first star on the team, right? He won a Silver Slugger award at third base. He won a Golden Glove. He won a Gold Glove at third. Um, he was an all-star. Um, and those teams, were they were bad, but they were fun. You had, like, him and Adam Dunn and, mm-hmm. uh, like, Austin Kearns was on those teams. and I mean, they were bad, but fun. Uh, then you had – then you have the moments. He has 11 walk-off home runs. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, and I don't know. I just – he was the first star, and I really latched onto it. Uh, and I understand why Nats fans aren't big fans of him anymore. I mean, he, he had that like outlier season in 2017 when he won comeback player of the year, mm-hmm. but ultimately he hasn't been very good in the last five or six years. Uh, and I think it correlates with the Nats becoming good. Mm. So more eyeballs were put on the team. Like I go look at his numbers in like, Oh wait, Oh nine, 10, 11. They are so good. Um, 
And then you had his throwing shoulder just busted. You like the dude. <laughs> The dude can't throw the ball or anything professional. He plays professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, you know, all these things, but like, I just always go back to how good he was early on. And then even as he's gotten older and worse, he still comes up with clutch hits. Um, you know, he hit the three run home run in the 2018 playoffs against the clubs in game four. Um, he hit the three run home run in game four of the NLDS. Um before you know how is grand slam the next game mm-hmm. uh to your point he hit the first home hit the first home run in that's history the dude's just clutch mm-hmm. um you know when he in the 2019 run when he kind of got reinserted into the lineup because remember he didn't actually when we started the brewers he came off the bench in that game mm-hmm. um but every time like, an important moment came up a buddy of mine would text we need the franchise up you know, he just means so much to the team, to the city, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I could, like, wax poetic about Zim forever. Um, I just I, – class act dude. Even when he struggles, he usually hits the ball hard. He just hits it too hard right at the shortstop for double plays. Um, never complains. And it, if it's the ninth inning and we're down a run outside of maybe Soto, I don't think there's anybody else I wanted to play. That's a good, that's a good answer. (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, Okay. Last question before we do a quick lightning round. Um, So if you had unlimited money, who would you sign this off season and why? And this is just for the nationals and go for it. We had one player. You can't sign multiple players. One player. One player. Can it be of any team or do they have to be a free agent? Um, ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> okay, so you could do a trade or a free agent. Fine. I'm making, I'm making it really easy on you. Trade or – well, I'm not going to say someone like Trout or Tatis, okay. someone like we know we can't get. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I may trade back for Red Dunn. Who knows? It's uh, a good question. I'll – I'll keep it within the constraints of the free agent list. Um, I'm trying to think of what Nat's Twitter would say based off some of the things I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, this may not be popular. I don't know, but uh, I would sign Springer. Oh, okay. Um, Yes. Is he a cheater? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He's, he's an Astro. Uh, but you could put him in left field. He's a big bat. You can move Soto to right. Uh, and he – Soto was intentionally walked 11 times last September because no one can protect him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Springer because I think he's the best available bat. Final answer. Okay. That's pretty good. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, lightning round. Here we go. Wait, wait, wait. You, wait, you can't get out of this. Who would you sign? Ooh. Um, I'm going to do a trade. Oh, hey. And it's going to be. Mookie. <laughs> no, it's going to be Chris Bryant. I'll tell you why. With, okay. the, with the caveat that he signs an extension. That's the only way that I would deal with him. Say, okay, we'll trade, you know, we'll trade him and then 
you know, on the side, you know, gentlemen's agreement. We're going right into the keep him off the team. Thank God. Um, I'll tell you why. I think that, you know, he, you know, I, listen, I, I agree with you that, you know, Kiboom is probably not the answer at third base and um, he needs to uh, unfortunately, you know, leave the team. Um, like, again, I really, it seemed, he seems like a really good guy. You know, he's amazing. Like I could never be a third baseman, obviously I'm not a professional baseball player. Um, I just, I think that we missed on him and I think it's time to move on. And, you know, he does provide, you know, the bat that we need behind uh, Soto and provides value at third base um, in a position that we kind of need. So I think I would do Chris Bryant. Or I kind of like your idea of bringing back Rendon. So we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin on that one. <laughs> oh, I would love for Rendon. I think a lot of I think a lot of people would like that idea too. Cool. Okay, ready? Let's do our lightning round. I mean, a lot of people didn't want us to trade or not sign Strasburg and keep him. Yeah, I don't know. I I still think getting Strasburg was a good idea. So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, lightning round. Here we go. Two questions. Max Serger, what do you do with him? A, do you negotiate, try to get him on a, you know, long-term contract, like, you know, finish his career, Nat, or B, do you hold where you are and then reassess at the deadline? Uh, I reassess. Why? You have the pitching staff to compete now. I don't know when we'll have a staff like that again. And I think you have to see what happens. If you're in contention, great. If you're not, unload them, get some assets back, go from there. Okay. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, retire or sign him? Tough one. Take your I'm per- the wrong person to ask this question to. Take your personal feelings. Uh, of- uh, He should retire. Okay, that's big. Okay, and then I I know I said uh, just two, but I'll give you another one. What would you sign? What would you sign Soto to to keep him a nat? Whatever he his heart desires. Uh, I would I would pay him Mike Trout money. In a heartbeat. Awesome. That's like that's like what Trout get four thirty maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would say here's four hundred fifty thousand, or yeah, great deal. <laughs> here's four hundred fifty million dollars um, for ten years, whatever it is. You know, sign a dotted line. That will never happen because of old Boris, but that's what I would do. Okay, well, that's that's all the time we have today. That Pat, thanks so much for joining. It was I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, you know, where could people find you, your writing and your social media, you know, give us a, the, you know, the two second pitch. Yeah. Um, so you can follow us on hail to the district. It's at hail to DC. Uh, you know, we cover everything from the football team to the Nats to, you know, we just released a podcast day on the NBA. Um, and you also find 
Capitals coverage there as well as, as in the occasional college basketball coverage. Uh, so if you're a DC fan and you like sports and um, whether you agree or disagree with their opinions, if you want to banter with us, it's at hail to DC uh, on Twitter. So give us a follow and on YouTube. Follow us on YouTube as well. Oh, YouTube. Nice. Well, thanks so much, Pat. And uh, hope you have a great holiday season and um, hope to see you at a, the ballpark in 2021. Yeah, may have to uh, <laughs> may have to hold on that one until 2022, but uh, just because I don't think I'm coming east anytime soon, but oh, hopefully soon. Okay, well, next time you come east, we'll we'll make sure we go to a baseball game. All right, man. Okay, thanks a lot.